Welcome to the Articulate Ox Podcast. I am your host, Soma79. Thank you so, so, so much for joining me today. Oh man, I'm so excited about this guest, Bart Bittlingmeyer. I have known him for a really, really, really long time since we were kids, um, though I haven't really been in that in touch with him for the past 20 years. He's been off doing a lot of super interesting stuff. You may know him from his videos through Donut Media, um, Science Garage from a few years back, where he walked you through how an engine works, um, all like, you know, how fuel does fuel stuff and all that cool stuff. And he blew some things up and it was pretty awesome. So maybe you're among some of the millions of people to watch that on YouTube. If not, go back and check it out now. He drove a $500 car, 500 miles, and it was hilarious and entertaining and interesting. So um, definitely check him out. He is now working at Motor Trend, doing some of the, some similar stuff, helping them with their video content, helping them decide their strategies and all that good stuff. He explains it better than me, but Bart's a really funny, awesome dude. And I was so glad he agreed to do this. Uh, we, I think the last time we saw each other we talked about was when we were on a school trip in Europe when we were 15. And there's a story I wish I brought up about a life preserver in the airplane, and uh, I know Bart probably knows what I'm talking about, but I'm not gonna share it here, but it made me laugh when I thought about it. So, all right, Bart, man, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Um, I'll talk to y'all soon, peace. Hey, welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox podcast. My guest today, is somebody that I've known for a long time and haven't seen for a long time, but it's uh, Bart Bittlingmeyer, Director of Studio Development at the Motor Trend Group. What's going on today, Bart? How are you doing, dude? Uh, it's all good. Things are good. It's yeah. good to hear from you. When yeah, you, you too. Like, you know, it, it's fine. Instagram is one of those things where it's like, oh, you kind of follow along people's stories that you knew, and then it was nice of you to reach out and so. Yeah, we were talking about before. I think the last time we probably saw each other was because um, you we went to high school together, but you had moved away from um, the town of Massachusetts we lived in, yeah. and but you did come back for a European trip that we took with one of our with one of our teachers in high school, and I think we yeah. roomed together on that. That was probably ninety five or so. So I think that's probably the last time yeah. we saw each other. But five or six, yeah. I have some funny pictures of that. Um, I was going to bring them up, but I don't want to embarrass you. <laughs> you, can, you can bring them up if you have. I think I every once in a while, if I go home, like I'll find another random picture from that trip i had one of you with like with with a cassette tape that had been all pulled out that you were wearing like um like hair i think that sounds that sounds on brand yeah that's that's, (laughs) cool man so um it's i so i came upon your videos a few years ago i remember you were posting them you were back with donut media then you're with um motor trend now but you you do a lot you did a lot of videos about um basically breaking down things like how a car worked it was science garage was what it was called correct Okay. And you did these videos that really, um, as soon as I saw them, it took me right back to us in like art class back in high school, because your personality was so much there. And it just felt like I was almost talking to you again, which really, you know, popped to me because I always enjoyed, you were always one of the funniest dudes back in the day. And it still, it still comes through today. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. So um, the videos also too, they walk this really great, this is for people who haven't seen them, definitely go check them out. They have millions of views, um, but they walk this really fun line between informative and humorous and they're really well edited and well put together and um, you learn something and laugh and it's just, um, it's great, man. And it's um, one of the things that I, I really started thinking, having known you from back then, like I said, you always were a funny guy, but your delivery is just excellent when I watch these videos. And I know editing is a lot of it, but like, how did you go from just being like the, the dude that was kind of funny and quick witted to being somebody who was so comfortable on camera to sort of project this? Was that a process? Um, 
I don't know if I have a good answer for that. I think so after I'm trying to think of like where to start it. But when I was in when I was in college, I didn't, you know, I was an English major, um, took some art classes, some science classes, but then uh, you know, I was like, oh, I want to write. And then a friend was like, Barry, you're pretty funny. Do you want to be in my play? Because she was doing it was she was taking drama and she had this play she read. And I was like, sure. And then like people, I was just re I was just delivering lines. Um, but people were afterwards were like from her class were like, you're really fun. Like that was funny. You're really, you know, and I'd hear people laugh and I kind of had, it's like, oh, that's like a fun feeling. You know, it's that, once, you know, once you feel that for the first time and you know you like it, you're like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> I want a new drug. <laughs> yeah, and it is. And, it, and so I, I moved to after college, I was uh, moved to Kentucky to Louisville. Where, where'd you go to college? Kenyon College in Ohio. OK, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And so so I moved to Louisville and we wrote just like a little short film and shot it. Uh, that was my buddy, Charlie. Um and then after that, I went up to Chicago. So I was doing some UCB stuff, just taking classes, doing some stage stuff, but I was personal training to pay the bills. And I think it's one of these, you know, I realized later, it's like, look, if I'm going to do that, I have to do that, you know, just to sink in and meet more, yeah. more people who are in the industry and, and really involve you know, immerse myself that way. Well, what was uh, UCB like? I mean, that obviously, I mean, you definitely could learn some com comedic timing so, there. Well, I, I got out here, so. Which for anybody who doesn't know, UCB is Upright Citizens Brigade. It's an improv. Um, It's one of the, I say one of the most famous improv Yeah. Troops. So I said, mm -hmm. when I said in Chicago, that was IO Chicago. That was Improv Olympic, who then oh, got, yeah. they had a cease and desist order, as I understand it, from the Olympics. So they had to change their name to that sounds I, I think I may have heard that before. Yeah. Um, but so so that is so in Chicago is that that's what I was doing and um just some hopping around with different kind of sketch or improv groups. Um, but kind of never found like I found my you know, I was gonna say writing partner, but like that that gel yeah. there. Anyways, um, and then one night I was watching uh Key and Peel, and I saw James Pumphrey in a sketch. And so James, who's at Donut still, uh, he, when I worked at a restaurant, uh, he was my busboy. So we had known each other, you know, he was like 16 or 17, but I saw him and I was like, oh shit, that's James. And then reached out like, how's everything going? It looks like you're having fun. I was thinking about moving to LA. He then came out, he was in a movie called High Road, and he was like, well, I'm heading to Chicago if you want to hang out and we can chat. And so we reconnected when he came to Chicago and then shortly after that, moved to Los Angeles and then it just kind of. Yeah, one thing there. led to another. Yeah. 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 So it was a long answer about where did I find comedic timing? I don't know. <laughs> it's just so like, it's one of those things you probably just natural to you. And then I mean, yeah, there's the thing absorb, you watch a lot of stuff and you absorb a lot of stuff, I think. Sometimes, you know, you know, like Norm, I Norm McDonald, as far as like a delivery, a setup and a delivery, like, you know, just anything he does. And so that's that, the, the, the bit that he did I on the roast a bunch of years back where he just got up and just told that he had the commitment to telling those really old jokes. Like that's so, something that for me, every time I saw it, it got funnier and funnier and yeah. funnier. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Be Norm.
Yeah. I got to see him once perform. It was absolutely, as you'd imagine, hilarious. Just, you know. So, um, so back when you were doing those videos, with those, and you, I don't, you know, we didn't really go to a, you know, technical high school. When did you start learning about cars like that? Uh, a lot of it's just kind of on, well, a lot of it, I would say, is from having to fix a 30-year-old Oldsmobile. Uh, my daily driver was an 83 Oldsmobile. So, you know, you figure out how that stuff works. But it's just kind of, I've always just been interested in that, like, I wonder how that works. And then I think it's easier with Google and stuff. You know, I'm not an, an expert by any means, but with a little bit of a science background. And I just always found that stuff interesting. Um, and all it is, you know, all everything is, is it's like, how do I, how do I solve for this problem? And I think, you know, that's, that's all of our car stuff comes from old. You know, here's an obstacle what's the you know how do i solve for that and i just always find that that kind of process interesting and it's kind of i think how my brain runs so how do you so what what is the path like from going from i get to start learning how to fix this osmobile to now i'm talk telling other people about this like there's got to be a bunch of steps along the way was was james already doing the stuff at donut hmm. at that point or? yeah so fewer steps than you'd think so i was i was here i was doing some sketch comedy uh in la and some improv stuff um and i was still personal training um there's a call and, for that in la what's that there's a call for that in la yeah, right. I know. Well, I had I had I known, I would have moved out here sooner. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, uh, so James uh, was doing a lot. He's a comedian, uh, and Donut had already started, and they were making videos, you know, kind of trying to get something to go viral. Um, so they worked with a few comics um, who, in their own right, are hilarious, but it wasn't doing too much for like a brand. And they were like, hey, if you do you know any comedians who like cars you know and they're and effectively like oh yeah i know a guy and so so james was you know super into car culture and he was happy to be kind of just an intern i think at first it brought him on as a writer and kind of a he was doing a bunch of different stuff and then uh they shifted from trying to go viral to trying to build more of let's call it a portfolio of content uh that people could tune in every week and so James was like, hey, I, my friend Bart is pretty funny. He can write. And so uh, that's when I got brought in. And is so. the process of trying to go viral just basically just throwing stuff against the wall and hoping that one is going to hit and change your life? It was. I mean, and they and they had a, a, they had some great videos that did that. But what became clear is it's. You know. When, when you're doing those things or you're trying to get like Nissan to throw some money and you're saying, hey, here's our concept. We think it's fun. We'll make it for you. So you're making it for them and not for you. Um, and so even though sometimes you, you know, like they did a, a donut day celebration. I, that wasn't the first one that went viral. I think two grandmas in a Lamborghini was the first one that went viral. And again, they're they're great they're great funny videos i you know if you watch them now they still feel really good but it didn't yeah. it didn't let you know like what donut was and so that's then when they should they shifted and the short answer to your question is yeah you're just kind of what's an idea what's an idea um and then once you start saying like well what do i want to make <clears throat> and then it, it's not viral 
but then you then it just starts building on its own right because i can imagine to even from my own artistic pursuits that that i've definitely gone down that route where i'm like all right i'm gonna make something that's just gonna catch on and it's gonna be a real i'm gonna get all these new followers but it's such a frustrating and almost soul-crushing process to always be chasing that then you realize well if i just spend my time doing what i want to do then it's going to be more enjoyable and i'll make more of a human connection with people and you know yeah, I think, and and I think that's the key. And it's you, you can't, you know, that art for art's sake, sure, that's something. But also, you do want someone to see it, and you do want someone to share it. So, so it's that balance of yeah. You know. I've been working on um, a film, and I, I I did this new album that I finished last year. I went out and got some of my favorite hip hop artists to appear on. I got um. Um, old Dirty Bastard's son to be on it, Young Dirty Bastard. I'm very excited about that. Uh, Raz Cass, Cool Keats, some people. And I'm doing doing a film that goes with it. And so, like, I'm shooting, like, this whole movie. It'll be out in a year or two. And you just start realizing that if I don't spend as much time marketing this as I did, like, building it, it's just going to fall into a black hole. And it's it's it's, it's such a um, – because you can't, you can't release your album twice. You know, you can't I, be like, oh, it didn't go well the first time. I'm just going to throw it back out there in six months. It doesn't really work yeah. that way. But – same with YouTube. Yeah. 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 So yeah. when you, so yeah. when those videos, the like the science cards video, what went into making one of those? It looked like a lot of work. And one thing, and I, I think I watched a lot of them when I was on the elliptical and I don't wear my glasses then. So this might be a dumb question. Were you green screening those or was that like a real room you were in? That was a real, that was the, that was the kitchen in the donut offices. That looked I, damn clean because it, it looked I, like it was so perfect that I was just like, is that moving or what? I can't tell. It was just well lit. I mean, don't like uh, it, it was a great place to be. Like a lot of creative people and a lot of people who like were really good and got really good at at what they were doing. So it was uh my Eddie uh what was my shooter. Uh so he shot that, lit it, and then we he'd edit it, but we you know, and we'd go through, we'd break things down and get notes but there's a pretty quick turnaround on some of those videos too did you start with like a script of generally what you want to say did you write jokes ahead of time or did you to so we had we of- had um we would pe- we'd pick a topic somebody w- would write and this is kind of across the portfolio of shows that we had and then um i would go in and make sure like it, it felt a little bit more my voice sometimes um mm-hmm. and you know, some well, like I said, your voice comes across a lot as someone who hadn't even talked to you in, in 25, 30 years. It felt well, it was like that was you. Yeah. And you'll so and one of the things with that is it's uh, and and having to kind of subsequently doing other shows where people um you you want to get the information across in a way that is understandable, um, concise, tell kind of and and really tells a story. Um and sometimes it's, you know, like at me as a writer, I know like this is this is how to get these four points in the most succinct way. Um, but working with a lot of people um, who don't come, who, you know, who come more from cars and now their talent as opposed to having more of a talent and then uh, shifting to cars. A lot of people are like, well, I don't I don't sound like that. You know, like that's not. But it's like, well, when you say it, you know. You get to make it sound like you, you know, right. like you, you get, you, yeah. So, so there's always that. And there's, there's other things with, you know, the early days, maybe I shouted too much. 
you know like there's things like that like should i mellow what does this mean and it's just it's like you're always playing a version of yourself yeah yeah you're like you're playing the pro wrestling version of yourself that's what i tell people about like my hip-hop persona i'm like it's like me but it's like the you know the you smell what the soma's cooking version you know yeah yeah which is funny because on the left of me i have i was watching on the dark side of the ring on doink the clown right before we jumped on and um it is uh it's a lot more to doink than i thought so that's a recommendation (laughs) everybody out there um do you have those moments when you look back at your old stuff and kind of cringe because this i've as of this point i've released 25 episodes and i'm already going to watch a couple of clips in the first ones i'm like man i really love the word um and like and yeah and it's like already a little cringy how do you feel about it you're you're always going to do that um like you're always going to look back at your old stuff i think anything that that you've made any art any any anything that you are creating you're going to be a different person later and that person looking, it's like, well, that's not something you do now. But um, uh, who said this? Uh, me, I'm going to Google something real quick. It's funny, that is a topic that comes up here a lot is the relationship to your prior art. And I find that people have a really very, very polarized about that. And um, some people just have no interest, especially with hip hop people. It's like, oh, this verse is five years old. I don't want it out there. Even if people think it's dope and stuff like that. But for me, I always I've, I've taken some of like my high school drawings either and remixed uh, them digitally and things like that. And I found a lot of it's like it's like you're collaborating with a version of yourself exactly. that doesn't exist anymore, which is a um, cool experience. All right. I found it. So so uh, Richard Rodriguez, uh, who's an author, um, he he told the story of when he was when he was young, uh, meeting an older author that he really admired. And he brought up one of the favorite, th- one of his favorite things that this author had done. He said, you know, I loved this writing. I love the book. I loved it. You know, it's such an honor to meet you. And the guy kind of like, oh God, it, you know, like if I could take back that book, <laughs> I look back, you know, and he's like, and he's thinking to himself, he's like, but like, you're telling me this book that means a lot to me is worthless to you. You know, and so then he was thinking like, well, what would you like, what would you tell the version of you who was writing that book? Would you say that like, look, this is shit, don't, you know, like, and so what the conclusion he found himself coming to, and I really like it, is that as a creator, like you, you have to be, you have to accept where you are Mm -hmm. um, and be proud of that but you should never you should never abandon you should never betray your younger self you know because that's some that's a person you you know you won't be again you know through life experience and things like that but it is someone that i think to love yourself now you have to love yourself then yeah. and uh, i I'll, think I'll, it was I'll the same I was listening to another podcast I think it was how does commanding june diane rayfield was talking about some, something similar to that where it's like some people really make this distinction between their younger self and their adult self. And mm-hmm. like, it's really, and then other people, I think you can probably look around by the Pac-Man behind me and all the other goofy crap. It's like, I'm still very much the same. I still see my young self as, as my current person. I don't see them as two mm-hmm. different people. I think there's a distinction there for, for some people in that like, and maybe for me, it's like, I'm someone who never had kids. So I was never really forced to grow up and, and things like that. 
but um i don't know i it's, it is interesting to me because like you said that is a version of that will never exist again it was a moment in time i mean and i because like i can't draw in some ways like i could even five years ago it's like it right. would it's just i just like to think of humans as trees sometimes and it's hard to control exactly what direction they're going in but you know you just got to water them and let them go you know? I like that. put that on a snapple cap mm-hmm. um so actually you brought up LA and you brought up you know, that story made me think of something. I like to ask a lot of my LA guests this question. Um, you've lived there for a long time. It's, I feel like I, I, I've been, I've spent maybe like six weeks in LA total over the course of my life. And um, you can't be there within six minutes without something crazy happening or seeing some celebrity doing something weird. So do you have any stories? Um, one of my better ones is watching Timothy Oliphant trying to explain to a hot dog vendor who he was while I was waiting to go get my hot dog to see eternal sunshine. I once saw Dick Clark in a in a restaurant. I said that guy looks like Dick Clark, only younger. And then I'm like, oh, that was Dick Clark. And like he was, this was like three years before he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, you have any anything like that? Um, God, not that stands out. Um, every, you know, every once in a while, you're like, oh, I think that's this person. Um, no, yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. Um. But what is it like in so I mean I I spent some time in Los Angeles. It's a great place for the entertainment industry. I don't think it was really the place for me. Um, what is it like for somebody? You've moved you moved around a lot during your life. Um, yeah. what what is it that made you decide to really make that area home? I mean, obviously it fits in with your industry, but you know, yeah. what do you like? So about? A lot of it, like the you know the the choice to come out here was for like you know what I want to be involved with in the entertainment industry, and that's the place to to go do that um and around what year was that just roughly i think i've been here maybe maybe 10 years maybe 11 somewhere in there ish so 20 2012 something like that um but uh when so before moving out here my now wife then girlfriend we were like well let's go let's take a trip and we you know we came out for maybe two weeks because i knew some people here in l.a uh, knew some people, knew a good friend in Sacramento. And so we came out and we did kind of went up, went up to PCH and then hung out with Tony in Sacramento and flew back. But like uh, the, the things people complain about in LA, like, yeah, they exist traffic, you know, getting different places, you know, there are things, but what I realized was like, this the the people because because when I would tell people like in Chicago or or wherever else I might have been that I'd say yeah I think of us on there don't do it you're gonna hate it I moved out there it was the worst two years I came back I you know you shouldn't and then I realized that's how you book get four hundred dollar jaywalking ticket at three in the morning on an empty street all that (laughs) exactly all that stuff uh and then they what I realized was though if you're not in LA and you're talking about LA, you're not going to hear anything good because the people who like LA, in LA. are in LA. Right. And so, <laughs> so once I got here, it's like, Oh, this place is great. Of course there's things we change and you know, there's, yeah. Uh, and if you like, the other thing is, I think it's funny. Uh, if you like cars, like there's there's not a better place. Oh that, yeah, and that's the thing too. It's crazy about being in LA because the weather is so much better. You see models of car you haven't seen in like fifty yep. years because they yep. just last. I forget. Like I, it, like it's not weird. Like I'll be behind four Teslas. There'll be a McLaren. There's you know like 
there's old there's jdm cars that you're like holy shit you're never gonna see that you You got jay leno up next you on a model t you know that's right (laughs) that's right uh, I did get to see, yeah. Uh, sorry, go for it. I was, I'll bring this up in a minute. His, his, he, I forget what we were doing. He wasn't there, and this was after Donut. But I got to see, his, like, he's got a, a that that Jay Leno's garage. He has a yeah. huge, huge space up in Burbank, and it is just, it is just amazing the the breadth of cars that he has. And so. He, when I was in high school, uh, my dad, he, he's a machinist. He's, he works on race bikes, race cars. He's been doing that for years. He's just, he's one of those guys who they send people send him their heads and the cylinders and he makes them go faster and they win. And everybody he beats comes and talks, they beat comes and talk to my dad and pursue some connection. Jay Leno knew who he was. And one day our phone mm-hmm. rang, my dad has got out of the shower. He was totally naked as he tells it. And he picks up the phone and it's Jay Leno. And he stands there and has this 25 minute conversation with him about cars and like people that they both know. And he's like, oh, if you're ever in town, you know, come see the show. That's my Jay Leno. And that was, I think, probably and they got a letter from him in the mail. But I always thought that was it was like he's like, yeah, you just got home from shooting the show. And it's like he was the most regular dude, just like wanted to talk about cars, you know, with some random stranger. (laughs) Everything I again, I did I meet him? I think I'd remember, um, but everything I've heard about him is that he's just, he's just the best. And he'll like, he makes you, he makes you think he's known you a long time. Yeah. 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 Um, so speaking of, so he recently had the issue with um, the fireball, which is unfortunate and I hope he's okay. But that did make me think about watching some of your videos um, where you're playing with fire to some degree. And I, I, it's hard for me to tell if you're pretending like it might be nervous, if it's more dangerous than it looks or where exactly. How are you feeling when you're shooting some of this stuff? Because I was well, like, well, I know he's OK, but <laughs> it's always it's always somewhere in the middle. Like, well, I'll do like a test run like I know with the the fireball in the um, it's a water jug jug. Yeah. yeah. Um, like that's there is some stuff again it's like if you put too much gas in it won't ignite if you don't do enough that's not you know so so tightrope i did i i thinking back it's funny because i was like man i was doing math like i was doing i was figuring out um how to balance the equation into you know by using how many milliliters of gas do i need to put in here to fill this jug so i had to like reverse anyways it went so then i I did it so i made sure it worked outside and then you know in the next couple of days we shot and it was one of those but i hadn't done it i hadn't done it with the spark plug so in that particular video where like that's real i'm like i don't know okay. what's gonna happen yeah right. that's the one that when he said yeah that's the one that when i, I was like okay is everything gonna be okay here yeah yeah you did it i would say yeah, I was just gonna say it's always it's always a blend. It's it's a mix. I mean, we were we were a small crew, and so it's like we we'd use what we could get our hands on. Yeah, and, and yeah. Now on the more creative side, I really enjoy. I think it was a spark plug one where you sort of were going through almost a portal up out into like the auto zone or something. Was that? Uh, yeah. Now, as somebody now, and I'm working on, like I said, working on my own film, it's more Clerks than it is, um, you know, Silence of the Lambs. It's small budget, and I'm mm-hmm. learning to do some digital editing. What was it like doing that? Did that add a lot of time to your to your production? No, that was, was all necessary thing, or that was Eddie. Um, that he, my my editor, and and I guess you'd call him the showrunner on the show. Maybe we were both showrunners. I'm trying to think. Again, it was just like 
we would talk about it and be like, all right, well, let's, let's try that. But that, you know, can we do this? And we'd be like, oh, I'll figure it out. And it was very much like, let me check after effects. You know, it's, yep. Yeah. But how's this look? That looks good. Can we use sound? You know, um, yeah. Was there anything you really wanted to do that maybe you deemed maybe too dangerous or too um, just, I don't know, too expensive or just a little too out of reach? Um. Not off the top of my head. I mean, I know thinking back, I'm sure there was a lot of stuff like it'd be it'd be pretty, co- pretty cool to crash a car and talk, you know, yeah. about how, you know, all those little things. Can you those questions of another one was I always wanted to do. There used to be these uh, oil, I think it was valvoline. It might have been Penzoil. Somebody had a, a commercial where they drained, they filled the engine, ran it, drained it, and then went watched how long it took to seize essentially so little things like that that i think uh you know with a, with a bit of a bigger budget and you know you it would 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 be funded to those hey what happens if kinds of questions right yeah um, yeah yeah um like mythbusters type type stuff yeah. yeah yeah was that a show an inspiration for you i mean that was a show that i really fell down a rabbit hole in for years and i couldn't get enough of yeah it was and i think it's that, that uh there there is always that you know i heard this thing what is that you know is it it would would that work would that not and i think if you go about it in the right way that kind of scientific process of try and eliminate variables try it again yeah i really like mythbusters we did at motor trend this was right when i was starting we did a motor mythbusters um and they test you know similar stuff uh but like the opening scene in Fast and Furious when uh, I forget which one, but they're in Cuba and he like uses a uh, he undoes the blow off valve or I think with a with a Coke can and so they did that and they're like well how would this work would this you know and eventually I think Busy did it with a mouse trap to, to hopefully they can get two helicopters to see if they can if they can recreate what Vin did in this most recent movie because that was pretty wild. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen I haven't seen the latest one yet. I've heard good things. I've heard oh, it's, it's it's wonderful. It's um it's just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um so I want to get back to Motor Trend in a minute, but I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you about the there was there was an episode online and I, I watched this unfortunately we rescheduled a few times, so I watched a lot of these a few weeks ago, so it's not as in memory as I thought. But you watched there was one where you took a car and drove it a long way and had some adventures. <laughs> was um Oh yeah, the gambler. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what was the, um, the, so how far were you trying to go and what sort of comp, like that was a competition, right? So, yeah. So, uh, Tate and I'm blanking on his last name. Um, the, the gambler 500 is, and now it's in like a bunch of different cities, but it's basically you take a $500 car and there's, that's what it was. Yes. It, it's, it's a, the, the, you're effectively going to different checkpoints. Um, and the idea is just everyone, you don't, you don't need a lot of money to have fun with your friends in a car. Yeah. And, and, and similarly to go off road, you don't need like that, uh, a forerunner. You can, you can just have fun on whatever you have. And honestly, this, the front wheel drive, uh, civic, Turned out it, those are pretty good cars for it. Um, yeah. That was anyway, my next question. If you yeah. have to buy a five hundred dollar car, what is what's, what do you think your best bet? Um, like, what what are you looking for? 
Honest. So for that, I mean, it was so fun driving in that little shit box, but I would do it again. If I were doing it again, I might even do it in the same car in Chappie. But, is the car still around? Um, I, I some up till a while ago it was. I haven't seen, but um, we did. So we did buy it for five hundred dollars, and then we were like, we're not taking it. It's, You're not gave, still making payments on it, <laughs> right? No, we gave we we gave it to someone who like. Uh, it, it it's fun because there's it's it really is a community and these guys all know each other and so there were three dudes um who each had similar cars and they had a friend who's like yeah but i don't have a car to do this and so we gave ours to him and so now they're all doing it together it seems like a very bart thing to do well yeah but there's also no way to to bring it back it was a group group decision it was a donut decision yeah that's cool um so it's the other one of the other videos that really jumped out at me it was the one you guys went to the track and you were the um what are those tracks called on f the indoor tracks oh the k1 speed yeah k1 i kept thinking f1 one thing that too I, I think you guys mentioned it there and i appreciate it is how much someone's body weight impacts their ability to do that because it's really like the difference between being at 200 and i'm, I'm coming in about maybe about i'm at 190 right now but i've been as high as like 250 240 and i'm like you definitely got to be slimmer down to, you know, it's, if I had, I used to have a 95 year old girlfriend who smoked me on. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. It, there, there, there's, yeah, it, that was, that was a fun day too. And that it, I actually live real close to that spot now. It's a, um, but, uh, the, the, that was in the days where it's like, well, what can, you know, that was paid for by k1 and we're kind of like all right well what do we want to do what can we do that is fun for us and what you know what yeah they were they were launching a new app to use at that but then again it, it was that was one of the last last things we did um where someone where we were kind of beholden to our, our creative was beholden to approval of somebody else. Um, so I think uh, uh, Jesse, the creative director, um, and James, who was head writer then, like they were very good at finding that balance of what's the, what is, what is the voice? What is Donut? What is our voice? What do we want to project? And, and how can we, how can we make these things ours? Yeah. That's a tricky thing to walk. I remember when I first started in the film after film school, um, some friends and I made a film that was sponsored by Samsung. And mm. it was, you you definitely had to do the thing. It's like, oh, they're giving us a pretty big check, you know? Right. And then, but I would really like to do this. And it's like, there's a yeah. word that I like and they don't like. Yeah. yeah. So what, how much of a, but then on the other side, it's like, you don't have that really big check when it's, when you're doing it your own, you know, I mean, but mm -hmm. what, what, what was that adjustment? Like, was it, was it feel like a relief to have the creativity behind it? Cause the beauty of, of having those experiences, you get to learn, you get to have the budget, you get to learn how to do this stuff on your own, but then what you can do? Don't get me wrong. It was still, we still had shit budgets, even when, even when yeah. someone was paying us to make it. Um, but uh I don't, it, it, it's, it's part of the business. And I, and uh, you're always going to have, you're always going to have some sort of restriction, no matter what you're making. Um, and it's just kind of, it, it, 
it always helps to be those experiences will help you figure out you're going to be better later when you have a budget or when when you have fewer restrictions because you learned how to speak or you know speak a particular language within a set of parameters now you have yep. those tools. Yeah, especially too when it's a product that you enjoy. It's like it's how do you not enjoy the K one racing? It's not like you're out there selling Brillo pads or something like. You it know. was up to me. The other thing was though we did a lot of like, is this is this what we want? What are we gonna do? How does what is the story? And I'm kind of like I was like, can we guys can we just race? Can we can we yeah. get some laps in? We only really did I think two or three sections of racing. So. That's actually funny you bring that up because that that's as somebody who's been shot a lot of footage over my days, it's like the perception between like what's on film and what happened backstage, especially for people who've never done any of this, is so funny. It's like it's like oh, it took us six hours of moving a green screen around and ironing it and steaming it and moving this light that we knocked over and had to clean up in order to get those thirty seconds that you guys would thought were funny. Yeah, and by the end, we were pretty much hated each other. So what, what was so was it um was did it feel like a pretty natural i mean was it like that was it like eight hours of setup to do you know two hours of shooting or was it you know you're able to find pretty smooth ways to do it i think we i think everyone found pretty smooth ways to do it and then a lot of the 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 weekly videos i mean those were pretty easy because we had a you know a set but it's like we knew where to set up we knew how to set up we had a script we knew we were going to shoot we'd we'd hammer it out and then cut it and air date yeah it's like that's one thing too that i realized as i've gotten older and done more is workflow process is huge like yeah. just understanding just the steps it takes to do something and break it down and figure out which ones can be sped up and which ones can be skipped and which ones that are the attention is huge like i kind of stopped making music for about five or ten years and when i came back to it a lot of my friends had sort of done the same thing but all the ones that were really good at like look at a certain point i just took everything off and had to learn everything about this because my own ignorance was getting in my own way and it's it's that's and all those people ended up so much better on the other end of it. And that's what I encourage anybody to do. It's like get your 10,000 hours in, essentially, yep. that was, yeah. is a huge thing. Um, also, no, I think to that point, too, it's you've got to know a little bit, even if it's not your job, like you've got to know what that job entails, what those people are dealing with. And yeah, so you can talk to them. So you understand, you know, uh, if somebody's telling you. You know, like in, in any process in production, like let's say it's in edit and there's an issue, you should be able to understand what that issue is so that you can help problem solve it, but also just empathize with somebody like, look, I know you're in a world of shit right now. Right. Um, tell me what I can do to help. I, I gave um somebody a piece of advice today that like anytime you find yourself saying the words, I don't know, in a professional setting, stop and ask yourself if you if there's any way you can say, let me find out. Yeah. And like, it's just, that is your opportunity to shine is when, is when you don't know, but you can go find out, you're going to help them and show you that you show them that you're reliable. That's your opportunity. You know, it's your opportunity for growth. Um, so let's get, I want to get into um, Motor Trend in a second, but um, I wanted to bring this up. So, you know, you left Donut Media um, and people loved you. It's, it's, I think, I don't know if I said this already in the episode before, but like, I was so happy that when I looked you up online to do a little research for this and to catch up in the last 30 some odd years that the people online talked about you in the way that I remembered you too, as being a really warm, awesome, funny person, someone that was kind of kinder than they had to be, which is something else that we talk about here. I said Rick Seahome on recently, who you might remember from, from yeah. high school. He's the person perfect example of that if you haven't seen that episode yeah. check it out he's a great guy but um i was really happy to find this um this one person on reddit uh their name is screw all the names so i don't know what that refers to but um 
He said, the Bard effectively got me in a car. As my buddy came over and said, you want to watch this guy talk about car stuff? I said, sure, whatever. Though I'll probably be on my phone most of it because I don't care about, because I, I didn't care about cars more than that one looks cool. Watch 80% of Science Garage that night and then rewatch some plus the other later that week. Fast forward a year and a half. I've swapped motors, fixed clutches, brakes, dropped almost $2,000 in my car and after the initial cost. Much love to Bart. Yeah. And um, somebody encouraged him there to reach out to you to tell him how much he meant. And it's like, I feel like there's a lot of people out there. So how does something like that make you feel? And what message might you have to uh, screw all the names? <laughs> I think it's, if, what is nice is sometimes uh, people will send me, send me those. So it's always nice to see. Um, and it's, I don't know, it, it, it's bittersweet because I'm not like in front of the camera. Hopefully I'm doing still doing stuff that is get, hopefully getting people into cars. Um, but, you know, anytime I hear that, it, it it's really, you know, that's a huge reason I did it. So I'm glad I'm glad people enjoy it. And every once in a while, somebody will recognize me and be like, hey, you're, you know, and, and yeah, I love that stuff. I love when people because you're doing I think the main thing is it's it's not just like, oh, you're putting something out there. It's like, oh, you did this thing and it affected me in a positive way. You know, so yeah. yeah. I mean that 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 stuff means a lot. So what is it like to you when you meet somebody who um knows you through this digital version of you? Because I mean I haven't had many of these circumstances, but I've been fortunate enough to get to sign a few autographs in my day, which was very just bizarre um but like what is it what was it like for you because for me it was always you know I'm one of those people who artistically I do things to drag attention to myself but then I hate the attention when I get it and I it's I'm always curious about people who put themselves out there like that um you know especially in a digital sort of not fake world but the edited world what it's like when it collides with your real world um I, I've never minded it I mean like at airports and stuff some uh I'll that's usually where it happens and car shows too of course because just the concentration of people uh, and, and uh, people you also like, look the same as you have for, for a long time so I feel like <laughs> for 25 years yeah um there's a little more gray uh mm. but uh it, it's never like I wish it weren't awkward because there's always an element where it is going to be awkward you know but it's like I just want the person to know like yeah that's i'm glad you enjoyed it you know i'm glad you know and then i'll try to ask something i'm not again the best at this but i'll always try to ask something about like well what are, what did you you know if it's a car I me mean, well what did you bring what are you you know yeah something where they get to talk about share something about themselves because i think that's how you connect yeah. and if i was just like oh thanks have a good day i feel like you know I, I don't know. It, it's I nice like to make someone's day, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, occasionally I get the Instagram message from somebody who just said something really nice to me that's totally unexpected from somebody like my art. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, that's that's a nice feeling. And then there's part of you oh, that goes, well, if I listen to that, then I have to listen to people tell me what an asshole I am. But, you know, in a well, moment. Then don't be an I'll... asshole. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's good. Maybe it's good. Working on that. Yeah. That. Working but on that. I, the same, same with me. Like the, on, on Instagram, I'll get people who kind of reach out and be like, just want you to know, I hope everything's good. I loved your videos. They were the highlight of my week. Or So that, I mean, that's always great. It always feels good. So. Yeah. So, so now you're working at Motor Trend, which if you don't know who Motor Trend is, I don't know, you know, I guess you've been you've been fast forwarding through commercials a lot longer than the rest of us, because I feel like you can't go through one break without hearing somebody talk about Motor Trend. 
they've been around forever the sports illustrated of cars might be the best way to put it or some way to put it um what has that been like and in, in you know to go from somebody who's just trying to fix the 30 year old Oldsmobile to working at um the biggest probably possibly the biggest car media company in the world or maybe most well known I think if you I, there is some stat about but I forget what it is about where we where we rank where the there's so you know there's so yeah. many I've worked in media companies my whole life and most, I've, yeah, everybody's yeah. the most we are the story. number one yeah XYZ it's like it's like when they say Rizzoli and Isles is like the most watched show in the history of cable television I'm like I gotta see what's below that asterisk because I don't know like I'm sure Tony Soprano might have something to say about that but you know um it's it, I mean it, it's it's bigger there's you know Donut was great because it was kind of like once you got approved it's like everybody's on the same page there's it's not a big team once you get approval for a thing it's like great go do it you know now it's on you um here there's a lot of course because it's a it's larger company but there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of metrics you need to make uh um and then like there is an actual re reporting structure and that and again and, and it changes and it's like what is what is our goal as the studio right now? What kind of shows are do we want to make? What is the audience uh, to whom we need to cater? Things like that. Is it more of a startup versus corporate type vibe? I mean, to put Absolutely. it like the most broad. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so just to so, what exactly are you doing? I know you're director of studio development. You know that could kind of mean a lot of different things. What is your day to day work at at, at Motor Trend like these days? I just think. I just sit here and I know there's there's more to that, but so but that's I as somebody who gets paid to think sometimes I'm just like this mm -hmm. is pretty nice. <laughs> like, yeah. like oh, hold um, on a sec, hold on, yeah. All right, I'm, I'm, hold on, I'm making money. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, uh, it effectively it's it's we're we're like I, I was saying before it's like you're solving for a problem and it's what kind of what kind of what is what kind of show is missing. What spaces do we need to fill? What shows next season are going away? What shows do we know are coming back? How do we, what's a show that could match up well with this, with, with what's premiering, you know, th things like that. Where's the best, you know, and, and some of that is programming, which is a different department. They decide kind of where to put it, but it's this, this conversation between. Like it's almost synergy between everything that's on here, making sure there's is a logical, you know, path and almost story for lack of a better term. And then I, my, my I guess the word is counterpart, uh, Sean, is external development. So that's if a studio, you know, uh, has an idea or they have a talent and they're like, hey, they pitched to him. And then um, what I do is we talk internally as a studio. And, and once we know kind of what we need to solve for, then I, it's almost like I'm pitching to my bosses, even though it's, it is still the collaboration. So what are some of the most exciting things you've got to work on since, you know, you've been at Motor Trend? Have you um, got to crash your car yet? No, I haven't done that. Um, and it, it, right now, I think our, like we're talking about solving for problems, the, the audience that's on cable really, what they want to see is is completely completely transformed cars um, that are good looking working machines by the end. Uh, Not so, pimp my rides that end up costing the person so much more money in the long run and like ruin their credit. Right. <laughs> and that's I actually I I met Ryan. Uh, we just went up and and kind of chatted with him and 
now that I'm saying it out loud, I don't think I'm supposed to tell you that. So don't put ah, no it. worries. All right. Um, but as Stay a side note, <laughs> he's well, in, how about this? I'll, I'll just say this. I'll say like Ryan has a, a huge shop up in Burbank where he's been for like the last 10 years. And it's just kind of crazy. Like he set it up where it's, it's charting kind of his journey. Mm-hmm. And so of course, yeah, Pimp My Rides is in that, but then he's all, they also did Inside West Coast Customs and um, they give, he said they give like 300 tours, three or 400 tours of their facility a month. And these are people who, some people are like, they just kind of show up. And so he built his shop out with a catwalk up above so that people can watch, you know, what they're working on, who's, it is, he, he, it's a really clean operation. It's funny that that reminded me of something. So I mentioned before, I grew up as somebody who depended on, you know, people spending money on their race cars in order for me to eat. Cause that's what my dad, he ran his own business. He was a one man shop. And I always sort of like asked me a few times. I'm like, what, how did like the, the economic was that Adam Hopkinton that he was running that? Um, so he, he, yeah, he had it in the basement for a while. Then he had a shop in Framingham and downtown Framingham that he had for years. Then he, he finished up at, in Hoppington, but it was, it was just all him. Um, he's he's so you and him probably talk forever i actually had some questions i asked him to ask you yeah i asked him for you um but i i i'm like well how did like the economy impact you over the years and he was like the funny thing is people always spend money on their toys and he's like he's like it really hasn't that much and you would think that something that expensive you know people wouldn't but there's it's like you watch like the Barrett auctions and those cars are, full. it's like, give yeah, me the Batmobile. Those, how many zeros can I write? You know, those, those auctions are a different animal though. That's, yeah, uh, yeah. but yes, uh, I, the other thing that I think is funny is uh, pandemic. It was in, like parts were impossible because everybody yeah, at home and, it, and like for an entire Everyone's trying to build a DeLorean off eBay. <laughs> Every, yeah, everybody's everybody's like, oh, f- like finally I can work on my car, you know, all at the same time, and then everything just dried up and prices shot up. And that was a, that was a pretty funny time. And then especially when you're trying to make a car show, and it's like we can't find, you know, right yeah. at the tail end of pandemic, it was like, we guys, we, I'm telling you, I cannot find this. Right, and it's especially if these people, the manufacturers, won't know it's going to be on a show and they're going to get some publicity for it. You would think it's even if you can't find it, who the frick can, you know? Yeah, it's um. I would get to my my dad's questions in a minute, but um, <laughs> the I want to make I don't know if my parents watch this. I'm gonna, I think I can get him to watch this, but I'll do him at the end so that I know he has to yeah. wait around for so, it. So you get the retention. Right? Yeah, I know from one. You got to check your metrics. Yeah. Um, but um, so this is a question I like to ask people. So you're in a job, you know, you obviously have interest in cars. You ended up in in this position, director of studio development. Obviously, there was a nice path that took that you that you worked to get there. If you were somebody looking at where you're at now and somebody wanted to be where you're at in like 10 or 15 years, mm-hmm. what would you tell them? Because the one thing that I found is that my own path is usually not going to work for the person that I'm men- that I'm menteeing now. Mm-hmm. But like, what would you tell somebody who wants to be where you're at now? Um, and one, one thing I want to add on that, because this is something that's interesting to me about one of my favorite companies, WWE, for years, they would go out of their way not to hire people into wrestling because they didn't want those people there. And as something like motor trend and cars, do you think that it, it that is so much more important to have that knowledge to get there? Um, you're saying WWE didn't want to hire. They didn't want. They didn't want wrestling fans because they 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 Got sort it. of were like they didn't want that mentality. They they saw Got themselves it. as entertainment and not um wrestling. 
So is there is in like so and it's funny too. I find myself I don't want to say where I work because I don't want to say speak my happen, but I work for a pretty well known media company, but I have no connection personally at all to what they do on a daily basis besides mm-hmm. family members working in that industry. And um, but I still appreciate so I don't know whether it would be different if I actually did have that attachment, you know. So what is it like to sort of work like that to your dream? And do you, how important is it that when you're working on the business side of it? that you have a, a personal connection with the stuff you're working on? Um, I think, well, I think with cars, it's important because you've, you've got to under, you got to understand what is, what is, what is the, what is the in to a car? So like if I wanted, and, and a lot of that, the way I try to describe it is because we're working, we're also working on, on, you know, in market stuff. There's so, so it's how, how do you do something that, uh, my boss likes to say is stickier. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I like to think of it as is like with car, like journalism, everything's important. Here's the stats. Here's the new fascia, uh, front fascia. Uh, it, it has a new, there's, there's three trim levels. There's, and it's like, well, if I'm not looking for that car, like, is that what's interesting? And so it's finding that one thing and focusing on it that, like if we were at a barbecue, I would tell you, I, you know, and you'd be like, oh, and then you'd tell somebody at a barbecue. Did you know this about yep. the forerunner won't have a locking rear diff? I don't know if that's, but yeah. something like that. And it's like, well, yeah, people are pissed about it. Like, what's the context? What's the why? How's the, so um, I think for those reasons, it's, it's knowing cars, uh, you don't have to be an expert, but kind of appreciating like what's what's interesting and cool about a car really helps in this. Um, and then it's also you have to understand, like. I don't want to speak out of. I don't know, turn school, I don't remember which is the the. I think both. OK, um, <clears throat> but like car enthusiasts, car people, car guys like and I, I like I like cars, but. There are there are many camps, and everyone is super. Most people are super opinionated, yeah. and they like to stay in that camp. And so a lot of oh, it is, hip 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 hop's not like that at all. I don't know what. That oh, of course, is. there you go. <laughs> and so it's it's it, what are those ends like? If you love hot rodding Chevys from the '60s and early '70s, and you think Civics suck, or you've Anything foreign is a bunch of shit because it's not a V8 and it's got a tiny little two liter. Well, it's like, how do I, how do I get you to understand what is cool about this? Right. And a lot of times it's, it's what is, what is, what do you like? You like working a car, getting more power. Let's say it's that. Okay. That's what we're going to do this car. We're going to take this four liter. And we're going to give it a thousand horsepower, a thousand what horsepower, you know, like, yep. Oh, and then suddenly it's like, maybe I didn't, maybe I should learn about these cars. Like what are, what are those things where it's going to make somebody a little more interested in something that they might not have been if, if you hadn't introduced them to it. So in terms of people who maybe want to do your job at some point, and I often see ads for things like full sale university, which I think is, um, Sounds like a very interesting thing. It sounds like a place where you can really get your hands dirty where, you know, I don't know, is, is, is it, is a route like that? Do you see people in the industry come from places like that? Or is it more of show up, get people coffee, know a lot about cars. And eventually like, if you had to take one of those paths to get where you are now, what, what do you think you would tell someone or somewhere in between or something? Um, my guess is it's somewhere in between, but I think you're more likely to have 
figure out where you want to be. And then like, and they, they say this, like they say this in theater, they say this in, um, uh, in automotive, like in a garage show up and ask if you can sweep the floors. Yep. You know, that's yep. that you know, I've heard that. And what, and funny thing is I, uh, we do a show in Albuquerque and I was asking, uh, so Shay's got this young guy working for him and he's basically just been doing exhausts and his like his wells are pristine like and these are he just does amazing work and I was like so like how did you like get in he goes I just showed up and I asked Shay if I could sweep the floor <laughs> like literally that's how and so and, and Shay and so I asked Shay and he was like oh yeah I hated this kid I think I can say that out loud um but he was like oh, I was so annoying he wouldn't leave me alone but and now that now like honestly if you want a nice exhaust in Albuquerque this kid is the he's the person to do it um and that's just from being willing to work and, and having a good mentor uh who, yeah. who cares about what you're doing that's a huge thing yeah and just showing up and, and keep showing up even well, if the immediate benefits aren't there yeah and I think a lot of some of that you know in improv there's the yes and rule um, yes but it's it's just you have to say yes more than you say no you know, and you have to say, you know, you have to say, you have to say yes more than you say no, but you also have to be able to say no more than say, than you say maybe. Yes, um, agreed. Yeah. So, you know, you know, I'm, that's one of, one of my faults is I tend to hang on to the possibility of a thing too long and I've been if there. you can't do it, you've got to, you know, then you've just wasted all that. You've wasted time, you've wasted yeah. effort, you've wasted worry, you've wasted, you know, so that reminded me of something I read, and I'm not going to get these numbers right, but anybody can Google if they care, that there was some article I read about how in order for a relationship to sort of work, there has to be like eight positives for every two negatives or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that like they found that there's some ratio between like, you know, once you once you're like 30 percent of the time negative, you start hitting a threshold. But if it's like mm-hmm. 20, you know, then that ratio, you're doing pretty OK. <laughs> I buy that. So do you have a few more minutes? To, I, I know I got you in the middle of business state. Do you have a few more minutes here to answer some of these questions? Or Yeah. All right. So I asked my dad some questions about, because um, he's worked on cars. And it's basically all the only job he's ever had was um, was working on cars. He's building his own race bugs and stuff like that. And I asked him what he want, might want to ask somebody who's a director of student development at Motor Trend. And he said, he, this is an interesting question. Is he, are you, are you aware or are you, do you think they were experiencing a decrease? You remember in Kenny's? Just yeah, of course. Quick, yeah. Okay. yeah. I just, for some reason that popped in my mind is his his Kenny service station. Yeah, right across from our high school. The mobile, right? Yep. All right. Yeah. When's ahead. the last time you were in Hoppington, actually? How long's it been? I actually went back. A buddy got married in Vermont. And so I, I just swung through and I could, you know, it was very funny to me uh to just be like, I thought this place was bigger. Like this is much bigger in my, yeah. you know having grown up there um, and there's a there's a brewery there's starting line brewery yep. it's right at the yeah i think they follow me on instagram actually i, I talked i used to do beer labels and i talked to them about possible oh, that's cool. at some point yeah my parents are still there they're they're leaving i think this year but um still right. in the same place but um the other so, thing I, did is I looked at at house prices and i was like god damn it yeah i know as <laughs> them selling okay. they're i think they're feeling pretty good <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Um, so my dad was saying that, that, that he, he seems to think that there's a decrease in mechanics these days. There's less people yeah. going into it. What, you know, what do you have to say about that? Is it, is it, is it a profession you think that there's, is it, is there a decline because there's less need or is it there an opportunity for people there because there's a decline? Like, like you I, would say in nursing, probably. I, I think, I think there's been less of a focus on. Um, trades or trades in general. And I remember I, like, you remember there was uh auto shop. Yep. We went to high school. Yep. And there was Keith Tech that was not far where a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I just don't, there's not a lot of trades. I, Ryan Friedlinghouse was, he, we were talking about this because he started kind of a West Coast Customs Academy with Burbank um, Adult Education. Um, but he said, he's like, there were like 600, and I'm, I'm not sure if that, like 600 automotive based curriculum in los angeles 20 years ago and now there's like 60 you know so there's i i think some of it is this this idea that you have to go to college you you know it's it you need uh i don't know whatever whatever that next level of prestige maybe maybe it's right. and does some of this come from now we have we have new over the last decade 10 15 years it's like we keep getting told that our priorities have shifted now it's about like being seen and being and i think a lot of it is we're we're not thinking about um these things as valuable crafts when they are right you know and and not only not only is it you know you have the ability, if you like cars, you have the ability to do almost anything in the car world with that passion. Yeah. So you can make. Even as an artist, if I a, wanted to, I could, I could, you know, as a decent, if you, if yeah. you, if you wanted to spray cars, you'd make over 150 grand a year, you know, and people don't talk about that. And I think, so some of it is, I think people aren't really sure. Um, one how to get into it you know so like if i do want to sweep the floors <laughs> that's in that and that's what it is yeah um but then there's also people and wear a mask we're exposed to enough of it because there's so many aspects and like you could um you, you know there are people who have just started like not even a year out in a window tinting business are making 200 grand you know there's there's so many ins that I yeah. think to your to answer your dad's question I think it's a combination of a number of things, and I would almost say I had this thought the other day that is there something that you know that our you know shows are doing are we showing that it is there is an entry point because a lot of what we feature because it's what a lot of our audience wants to see are these master builders who've who've been doing this forever. And seeing these the high, the super high quality builds, somebody's like, "Well, I can't do that." And it's like, "Yeah, but did you know, like, this guy's first shop, he was doing wheels and tires and suspension, and that's it." You know, like, and um, so, so, so I think featuring some more of those stories, I think, would benefit this community. But also, it's um, to answer your, your dad's question, it is statistically, yeah, there are fewer people. Um, well, even he, he's an artist, like he, it with metal, he is an artist. And as I've gotten older and I've, you know, I've, it, we've grown closer. It's like, 
we can appreciate that a little bit more about the about the craft of what each other does and i think that's been a really cool thing even though like he always discouraged me from getting into cars when i was younger but now it's like that we're older it's you know is what it is all right so yeah one of the other questions he had is how long do you think the combustion engine will be around i mean in terms of obviously there's always going to be some of them but do you think i i was doing a little digging the other day about the electric car and all like the mm -hmm. um what it takes to mine those minerals and i, I don't want to put like someone from motor trend on the hot seat here but just um <laughs> like to whatever degree you feel like answering the question about the future of the combustion car or the combustion engine i'm i'm not look i love combustion engines i yeah, I love them, but I'm not in the camp of like, I'm never driving an electric car. I think it's a shift that has to happen. Um, and you you have you have two options. You can lament right. losing this thing, or you can celebrate it. Like we were saying, like, what do you think about what you did 20 years ago? Well, that's the combustion engine. It can still be awesome, even yeah. if we're not using it. You can still appreciate it, work on it. Um, and then but also if that's all you're going to do then you're going to be shit out of luck soon when you you know it's you can work on these other cars it's just you have to learn you know and there's a lot of people who are doing some really cool stuff with electric drivetrains and 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 marrying the things that we think are cool uh from you know, from what we grew up with, with the things that are going to be able to be cool, long, you know, long into the future. Well, that'll be interesting too. That you'd have to think that as we get more to the electric cars, we'll start manufacturing less of the um the regular cars, and that's going to force people who want to keep the combustion cars to get more creative about how they do things to some degree. Yeah. I mean, and and you're going to get you know, you'll you'll always be able to get gas. It's going to be expensive. You know, it's it's going to be a different yeah. landscape. Always um, more dinosaurs dying every day. That's that's right. <laughs> um, but you can I mean, there's in enthusiasts are enthusiasts and they're a market to cater to. So like, let's say it's all charging stations, whatever. But it's like I got a guy, you know, I got a guy and he gets me gas so I can tool around on the weekends, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's further off. Mike. As far as pinning down a date, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be making you know, if you think about. Uh, Twenty five years. Maybe it's, is, is, I guess inevitably it'll probably come from some sort of long off date that they pass in some sort of law that feels far yeah. off and then everybody works towards for a long time. And then all of a sudden we pat ourselves yeah. in the back. You yeah. Know? And look, the, the auto manufacturers, sure. Yeah. They fought it forever. But if you look at everything that's coming out, like they're the people who are making the cars are on board with this change now. And that's, yeah, means it's going to happen. It's almost like weed and cigarettes. I think cigarette companies fought like weed legalization for years. And at a certain point, they're just like, oh, okay, now we've changed our mind. Can, exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah. yeah. All right. I only got a couple more. Um, Flying cars. You know, the George Jetson was born, I believe, in 2022, I think it was. Mm -hmm. So he was about 40, I think, on that show. So that puts us in 2060. Are we on, there seem to be a lot of like, the thing about the Jetsons, and I'm not just going on path here, but I really think what happened is they totally effed up the Earth, Earth, and just built a new one up. That's there. why you think everyone's living up there, right? That's that theory. You think so, that yours is a post-apocalyptic Jetsons, or you could say that the below the Jetsons is the Flintstones, but I don't want to blow your mind too much, mm -hmm. you know. But the um, 
obviously they, they necessitated if you have to live in the sky because you messed up the earth you gotta have flying cars do you think this is any but to me the idea of the average person doing a flying car i feel like we have to get automated cars first and then the like fully autonomous drive car self-driving cars yeah. before we can move to flying cars so how do you feel about that question i just answered for you i don't think we're gonna so it's gonna be like uh your flying car is gonna be more like the, the people who own a helicopter now maybe in a flying car later there's a company called the leaf that is doing some pretty ambitious and interesting things with flying cars um they have faa approval um just this is just like within the last couple days um they had a three hundred thousand dollar flying car uh, that they got approval for so they do you can tell george jetson that they do exist but not i also like if you picture the george jetson car it had an exhaust pipe yeah like, that's a good point like an old mustang so yeah so it is a different future but yeah we may um, have i don't think we're ever going to have them because road you have roads you have an infrastructure unless it's automated aut uh, autonomous flying car where they have their own clear routes and they're the, the it's all dialed in i don't think we can have it and not to go too conspiracy theorists on us, but you definitely hear now more and more talks about, um, I forget what the current term is, but it was a UFO, whatever whatever they're currently calling them. And you hear more and more people of reputable, whatever, talk about seeing these things move and at such crazy rates. It's like, it feels like that's you, a, whatever you don't that think, is might be our car flying car. That's a, you don't think we're going to have flying cars until we admit there's aliens. Or, well, I, I'm not saying those are aliens though. I'm, I'm, it's like, okay. I'm, I'm fascinated. Just, I'm fascinated by that stuff. Even if be. that's nothing, it's still an yeah. interesting story to me that we're so many people see it. And it's like, to me, the psychology behind this is some of the most interesting stuff, but yeah. that might be a flying car, whatever that thing is. So you've heard it here first. You're like, I got to get off this interview. All right. Last car. <laughs> question all right it's actually two-part dream car and what's the what is the best car you found yourself behind the, the wheel of where you're just like how did i end up here um i've driven i don't know i've, I've driven a lot of cool cars i've driven some cool jdm stuff i've driven a G, gtr um the, the tommy kyra uh was a pretty good cool car um yeah, I don't think I have a great answer for what the best car is. I think I have a, I don't know, I have a weird appreciation for all of them. You know, even I'm thinking my shitty Oldsmobile, like, you know, I it's love funny it. you, you say that. I don't remember, know if you remember what car that um, my family had us driving around back in the day, but we had an El Camino. I think it was 83, the last year that they were made. You, you and... Colella had an El Camino. And someone else too. There was another, uh, was, I remember there was, was another, there was a, there was someone else I dated, had a few dates on in high school that also drove an El Camino. Okay. No, I, I knew that the, the Colellas had an El Camino because I remember growing up, I thought that was the coolest fucking car. I was like, that's what I almost bought one like three weeks ago. Like I, someone, I think I actually found on Facebook Marketplace was somebody was selling a $5,000 1979, the year I was born, El Camino, orange, painted all this hippy dippy stuff with 129,000 miles on it, a car that's 44 years old yeah. manual transfer but i barely drive at all so i'm like i don't know but i was like I was I mean, to... you should drive it if you barely drive then that's the car to get because when you are driving you're fucking cool yeah and i'm, I'm, I'm you know you don't think my, my subaru impreza with the space ghost sticker and the break for moose is cool man i'm, I'm getting all sorts yeah, of i didn't now that i know more about it <laughs> yeah 
Right. Matt, this has been so much fun. It's so good reconnecting with you. Is there anything that you um you want to shout out there? Anything we didn't talk about that maybe you want to um drop some um some wisdom and gems on the folks or anything you're working on now that you're excited about? This will probably come out around um, mid-September or so of 2023. It's September-ish. I'm trying, trying to think of what shows we we have coming out. I'd say so. Yeah, and where can you, they see stuff that's that's out? Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to watch stuff, so a lot of it, so motors one, it's on. Uh, if you have cable, you can watch any of the shows on Motor Trend. Um, there's on demand on a lot of the cable stations where it's, you get to pick the show and you can watch it. There's also now there's fast channels. I mean, you know, we could have gotten into all the, the, how we're talking a lot about cars, but there's also some really interesting stuff about how the landscape, like um, you, you've heard this, this streaming wars and yeah, it was down a little, you got a minute, break it down a little well, the, the, there now are a bunch of, effectively, it used to be cable when you click through. So now there's what's called fast channel, which is free ad-supported television. Um, and effectively, it is, you know, like Roku has theirs, Samsung has theirs, a bunch of different companies where they're showing effectively, they're doing what cable used to do, but now people aren't, ha they don't have cable. And the thing that YouTube did is it made people be like, well, I'm not paying for fucking shit yeah uh you know and so so the question is like well how do how do where do you live there and so there's fast channels now um anyways motor trend has one but uh you don't get to pick when you watch something it's just kind of what's on yeah the shows so since being at motor trend um we did hoopty world championship with which i developed uh with the team which was um two weeks a bunch of different competitions your car should be worth less than five great grand. name too because it's very it, it paints you. a great picture thank you, you know, even uh, if you don't know the details you know it's something you want to hear it's like when you hear american ninja warrior like i don't know exactly what that is see? but i'm tuning in yeah, yeah that, that's what we were going for and that was a lot that was a lot of fun and all the people who were on it were, were really cool and that was fun to do um and then i also there we have a show called runs good um where we take project cars that have just sat because that's life what happens a lot yeah. of them yeah and so what they do is they buy the project car they complete the project and then they do whatever the person wanted to do but couldn't oh, that's cool. yeah that's so that was cool. that's a good one um and uh i like else? that more than like shows where you're hitting somebody in the nuts and then being like hey surprise <laughs> like that's the type of reality that i really like good yeah and uh we have there's Roadworthy Rescues. I helped develop that. And that's with Derek Bieri. And he's, you know, he'll go out, find a another, car. Another really good name. That tells you exactly what the show is. Yeah. Well, I, I'm telling you, we, again, car car fans, they want to know what they're going to see before they see it. Yeah. So it's we like Pinks. To, we, that tells you all you need to know. Pinks. Yeah. Pinks <laughs> is a great name. Pinks yep. is a great name. Um, so there's, there's, anyways, there's a lot of stuff like that that we've been doing. And then the other one that I thought was really cool that we were able to do um was uh super turbo story time which was we got to work with titmouse who's a great animation studio and basically it was two people telling each other a car story and then they animated them oh, um, yeah they were titmouse is great and they're talented and you know they the the animation felt good and the stories were good so i was pretty proud proud of how that one came out too awesome so i know i said no more questions but i had one more for you Sure. Do you have any desire to get back in front of the camera? Um, yeah, it, just because it's fun. 
you know? It is, uh, yeah. I don't know that it's it's a priority. And I also think it's like, it's not my job to develop a show for myself. I don't think that's a that's a good look, right. you know? Like the guy from Jeopardy who's who's picked to replace Alex, to get find a replacement for Alex Rebecca and he chose himself and then was gone yeah. after like a week. You don't exactly. want to be that dude. <laughs> um, yes, you're you're absolutely right. And then the, uh, it, it, some of it, I like, I have to ask myself is some, how much of that is ego? Like how much of it do I miss? Like, Right. someone recognizing me or how you know and um but then you have to balance that with the fact that you, the fact that you have the the objective value in the market that mm -hmm. got a lot of attention previously and people yeah. that so it's a that's a tough decision to make that's an interesting thing that a lot of people don't have to really deal with in their life it's you know yeah and it and it, you know it was a, the other funny thing was you know after leaving um when people you know you know 20,000 people are like hey man what happened so it's like i you know, I, I, it, 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 yes, I was, I was forward facing, but it's also like, I'm a private, I'm yeah. not, I'm a private guy, you know, yeah, I like, like day so. turns into night, man. Sometimes yeah. it's like, you know, yeah, that's what it is. Oh. Well, I'm so glad you're happy. You, despite being a private person, you came on and talked to me, man. It's been so great catching up with you again. It's just like, brings me back. You know, I remember you made me laugh really hard in art class years ago um, mm -hmm. that uh, I don't know. So what that's worth that's probably cool. why we're here today yeah i know that's uh I, i'll take credit for all of your success in the art world from making hey, it appreciate it man i appreciate it cool well it's been a pleasure thank you so much absolutely thank you tim right. stay in touch all right later uh